0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message.
1: Last spring, um, Veronica's mom went to heaven. And so I had the opportunity to go down to her funeral in, was that Polk City? in Polk, in Polk County, and got down there, and we were able to to get into that service, and uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful home-going service. And the, the minister who came and did the vast part of the, well, I guess you'd call it the sermon, you know, he, he made a couple of statements that I thought, I'm going to use that one day. And so today's the day. <laughs> he talked about Miss Josephine and about how she was the kind of person that, She followed the Lord so well, so closely, and so consistently that she left a path that anybody could follow. Now, that's a testimony. When you go home to be with the Lord, that should be your testimony. That you walked so closely, you walked so accurately, that you walked so circumspectly that you leave a clear path for someone else to follow, and so I was going to call this footprints i 'm not sure that that's right right title uh, we could call it the path of the righteous, you know, but i kept thinking I kept thinking about footprints, footprints for what do I know about footprints, and so that the phrase the a carbon footprint you know we hear this all the time here lately what maybe you left your carbon footprint what how big is your carbon footprint you know like hello people, you know. The Green New Deal ain't green, and it's not a New Deal. It's an old trick of the enemy just to try to do something stupid. But anyway, anyway, so I looked up. What is the carbon footprint? The total amount of greenhouse gases that are generated by our actions. I'm going to keep driving my SUV. Sorry. So I came up with a definition for a spiritual footprint. The total amount of spiritual impact... Resulting in eternal results that are generated by our actions. Do you know you have a spiritual footprint? Let me read it again. The total amount of spiritual impact resulting in eternal results that are generated by our actions. Do you know that you have a footprint every single day that you're leaving behind? Every single day you're making Footprints Where do those footprints take you What kind of results come From those footprints What kind of a path are you making With what you're walking out Every single day You know to walk A path of any kind is a Choice To follow in someone's Path is a choice And uh we need to, to come to realize that the, the path that we're leaving behind us really does matter. It really does matter. I'm just going to go through a few scriptures. Now, I like the King James, you know, the regular King James. Psalm 37:23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered or established by the Lord. Romans 10, 15 says, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. You can find that is referred to to Isaiah 52, 7 as well. Isn't that wonderful to know how beautiful are the feet? Some of you got some ugly feet. But God says, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. If you're preaching the gospel, it doesn't matter what everybody else says your feet look like. God says they are Beautiful. That's heartening, isn't it? (laughs) Psalm 1 1, 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Ephesians 6.15 talks about having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, there are, there are things we can do to make sure that we're walking in the right path. We're going to have our feet prepared to walk where they need to walk. You know, I've always looked at that verse about our, having our feet shod of the gospel, preparation of the gospel of peace. Knowing that, that I, my feet can be so well equipped. Um, you know, we're, we're not talking flip-flops here, folks. We're not talking about spiritual flip-flops. But we're, our feet are—we're we're wearing feet, wearing on our feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. And no matter where our life walk takes us, we can walk it out in perfect peace. And um, and then it goes on. You know, it's, it talks about in First Corinthians four verses fifteen through sixteen. Let me just find that here. Hallelujah! You need to look at some of these things as well. 1 Corinthians, hallelujah, chapter 4, hallelujah. It says, this is Paul talking, For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. But here's the key, what, what Paul said. He says, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. You know, it should be our goal that as we walk through this life, leaving footprints everywhere we go, that we can turn around and tell somebody, follow me, follow me, follow me. I'm, I'm, I'm going on this journey. You follow my footsteps. You know, I, uh, I was thinking at one point, you know, about how when... Um, in, in times of war, you know, when you, the, the soldiers came up to what they discovered was a minefield, the first guys would go out, and they would find all the mines, and they would, they would chart a path through the minefield, and they would turn around to the rest of the guys and say, Step where I stepped. Be careful. Step where I stepped. Don't deviate from it. Don't go off to one side or the other. There's danger out there. Step where I step." You know, it's our job to lay out a course for other people to follow. It's not just a preacher's job. Because you have been called to a ministry of reconciliation. You have been called to a place where you are ministers and witnesses of the things you've seen. Have you seen those dangers? Have you seen those kind of things? And to be a witness that you can make it through anything. We've been called to those kind of things. And you don't have a choice. Well, I don't want to be called. Well, you, God didn't ask you if you wanted to be called. He said you you were called. You are called. You've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's our job to turn people's eyes from, from darkness to light, from the power of Satan into the power of God. That's what we've been called. And it's our job to demonstrate these things to them and to leave a path for them to follow. In in Philippians, uh, no, 1 Corinthians Eleven verse one, it says, "Be." Paul's talking again. He said, "Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ." See, the path that we're leading is not a path that we've we've decided on, but it's been it's the path that we've been led into. Doesn't Psalm twenty three three says, "He leads me in paths of righteousness." He leads me. It's my choice whether I follow his lead. It's your choice whether you follow his lead. Hallelujah. Philippians 3.17 says, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example or a pattern. Listen, you need to find people in your life as you grow in the things of God. You need to find people in your life who are forging and blazing a trail That you can follow. It doesn't behoove you to to follow somebody who's flaky. It's not going to help you. They may have a few things right. But overall, you can't trust the path that they're walking on. And I say that because, you know... um, I meant to say this a little earlier, you know, when we talk about about digital footprint, I mean, uh, spiritual footprints, is that you have a digital footprint as well. And there are digital footprints you can be following to your own detriment. What you put out there isn't something that's easily erased these days. You can't go back and and tear up that text you wrote. You can't go back and, and take back those comments you made on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is you're using. It's out there. You you can't go you can't go back and take it back. And what what impression are you leaving? What trail are you leaving in the digital world? Let me tell you, there's a lot of people who claim to be something that they're not. They're claiming to be prophets. They're claiming to be apostles. They're claiming to be all kinds of things that you get a hold of in the digital media that you got no business li- listening to or following. It pains me. I don't, I don't, you have, I haven't made a comment on Facebook in, I don't know, three years. But it doesn't mean I don't get on there sometimes. And it pains me sometimes when I see somebody copy or share something from somebody that you don't know who those people are. You have no idea who those people are. You have no idea what kind of life they live. You have no idea whether they're solid or not in the Word. And yet you're sharing their stuff. I think that's a dangerous thing to be doing. Because you're sitting... Say it a louder, Pastor. Amen. It is a dangerous thing for you to follow after people you don't know. It's dangerous. Because there's just enough truth in what they're saying to keep your attention... But there's other things, you know, in it that will cause you to stray off the path that God wants you to be on. And you need to be extremely cautious of following anybody in a digital realm that you don't have a witness that it's this is God about. And you don't need to be putting anything out there in the digital realm either that doesn't edify other people. Your opinion does not matter that much. Your little anger about some incident does not matter. You have no business putting it out there because what are people going to say about the path you're laying out? You know what? We, We need to be cautious about every step we take. The steps of a good man or good woman are ordered of the Lord. I suspect there's some of us put something on Facebook at times that we're not ordered of the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. Somebody riled up your feathers, you know, and you retaliated. Oh, or, 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 oh, I'm going to be magnanimous here. I'm going to just say, well, somebody said so-and-so, and somebody did. You need to keep your mouth shut. It doesn't matter what somebody did. It only matters what you're saying, what you're writing, what you're expressing, what you're walking out. What are you walking out when you're going on? You don't have to respond to anything. It doesn't require your response. Unless it is full of the compassion and love of God, your response is not required. And you need to remember that. And so I was looking at at some of these things, you know. Paul is saying, be followers of me. Listen, nobody is perfect. And you and I are not going to walk perfectly every single day. But every single time that we make a mistake, we can recover. We can recover. And uh, so I got to looking at some of the, some of the, the people in the Old Testament. you know, and, and I'm thinking about, we walk in their footprints every single day. When you stop and you, and you look at some of these people, we we we've seen the path that they walked out, and we're still impacted by them today. You know, when you leave this life, you should be like Miss Josephine. She left a legacy. She left a path that anybody could follow because of her consistency in her life and the way she walked out the things of God. But I, I you know, I looked at Abraham. <sighs> My heavens, he he left a footprint. You know. We, the blessing of Abraham is on us. We learned he's the father of our faith, you know, in the Old Testament. He, he laid out what it meant to walk with God and to trust God and to believe God and to be in faith. He showed us what it's like to just pack up his family, his household, and go where he didn't know where he was going because God said go. We saw him... Just get right in there and just believe God. When God said, I'll make you the father of many nations. When he said, I'll make your seed as the, as, the, as the sands on the shore, the stars in the sky. We see how his faith carried him into that reality. We see Isaac followed in his footsteps. And then there's somebody like Joshua. You know, Joshua did a lot of great things. He led the children of Israel into the promised land. He established, you know, this, this new this new kingdom. But one of the things that has stuck with me most over the years about Joshua is, is when he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Those are footprints and paths I can follow. And we are still following this. You know, it's not just a refrigerator magnet. It is, it is... Something that we have a path to follow. And as far as we know, Joshua and his entire house f- followed the Lord all the days of their life. Then you have somebody like Rahab. Rahab, a harlot in the city of Jericho. And yet the thing, the footprint that I see that she left behind was that no matter how, how much you didn't know anything about God, the real true God, when he showed up, you recognized him. You recognized him and you agreed with him. And she became part of the, of the, the whole lineage of David because she chose to believe a God she had never seen, never heard of. She, but what she saw convinced her, this is where I need to be. This is who I need to serve. This is, what I, I'm, this is what my destiny holds for me, is, is to put myself where this God, the God of Israel, I'm going to follow him. And look what it did for her. We remember her to this day. Footprint that we can follow to this day. Then there's Gideon. Gideon, a man who proved that you could do a lot with a little. You know what? That's a nice footprint to be in because sometimes we think we have to have all of this. We have to have all this laid out. We have to have all this thought out. We have to all have all this planned out. We have to have all these resources. We have to have this. We have to have that. And yet Gideon shows us the path to where if you just do it God's way, a little goes a long way. 300 men did the job that needed to be done. That's a good footprint to follow in a good path. Then there's Ruth. Ruth, who came from, a, she was a Moabite, heathen. She had a mother-in-law who was of the house of Israel. Now, what her sons, what business her sons had marrying a Moabite, I don't know. But anyway, when it was, when her, when the sons were dead and Ruth's, I mean, Naomi's Nomi's husband was dead, Ruth said, where you go, I go, your God's going to be my God. And what did she, she get out of that? She got a brand new husband. She found favor. She became the lineage of David. So it doesn't matter what your background. It doesn't matter what your family situation is. You know, God's still got a plan. And God's got favor waiting for you right down the road. Everywhere she went, she had favor. Then there was Esther, a young woman, placed in a particular moment of time. What was it her uncle said to her? You've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. We don't know too much. Just that one interlude, you know, about how she helped rescue God's people. You know, we we may not know a lot about these people, you know, long term. We may only have snippets of their lives. But what I see here is what God started in somebody like this had lasting impact. What little we know had a lasting impact. They set a path here for us to follow. She had a divine destiny and a purpose that affected the entire nation. Once that happened, all was taken. Care- we don't know about what, what else she did. We don't know about the rest of her life. But what we do know is that God had divine destiny and purpose for her. Do you know you have a divine destiny and purpose? Just walk it out every single day. Then there's Samson. Oh, Samson started out so well. Then got tangled up with a woman. <laughs> that is too true too often. Amen. Pastor says Amen. He he, he should have, he should have known better fifty three years ago. <laughs> but no, how often has the enemy sent a woman to distract a man? And took him off course of what God had planned for him. God had a plan for Samson. How do I know? Because he told the parents of Samson from before he was born of what they should do about him. They were given divine instruction about how he was going to, the things he would do. And yet the enemy came in and used a woman to just sabotage that. But what I learned from Samson... Is that no matter how bad you have failed, when you recognize your failure and you turn your face back toward God, God has the assignment still waiting on you. I'm here to tell you, you know, these are people we can look at and we can follow because so many times we get ourselves in places where we think, I've messed up too bad. I've just, you know, and now I'm suffering the consequences. And we let the enemy tell us we deserve the consequences that we're enduring. No, you don't. Because for us as new, born-again believers, all we have to do is, Father, forgive me. I know you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And then get back to work. Get back to the assignment that God has for you. Get back to the place where he can put you back in place and start using you again that 's what Samson did. He got himself back in a place where God could continue using him just like he had started out using him, and all that just just fell away and We remember him to this day. you know mistakes are mistakes, but they're but they're they're not the end of it they don't have to be the end of it. If you let the enemy talk you into the fact that that you have. You have nowhere else to go, then you'll be, and you believe it, then you have nowhere else to go. But you need to listen carefully. God has never and will never tell you that it's over. He will always tell you there's a way out. There is recovery for you. There is a place that I have especially for you that's still waiting for you. All you have to do is turn back to me. And, and Samson shows us that. Then there was the three Hebrew children. I love those guys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They demonstrated and walked out a path of no compromise. They had they were threatened with life-shattering problems if they didn't obey. And yet they chose not to compromise. I want you to turn with me over to Daniel 3, verse 29, and see what the results of that no compromise is. You know, you can you can decide to compromise because it's easy. But you will live with some real regret when you do that. Because, you know, somebody, I think it was Lois Toucher, I don't know if she's the first person I ever heard say that or not, but um, where am I? There he is. Um, and she said, whatever you compromise to keep, you will eventually lose. And that is so true. You know, years ago, my husband could have compromised with me when I didn't want to go with him to church. When I didn't want to change churches we were we were leaving the church of god and he we were going to go to he was going to go to a word church and he you know he said to me you can do what you please but as for me and my children we're going to be going to church here he didn't compromise with me he didn't say well I'll go over here sometime and I'll go with you over here he said no this is where me and my boys are going you do what you want to do you know, and I've seen over the years People who are, you know, in a marital situation and, and one spouse would say, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I got offended maybe and they're going to leave, leave the church they're supposed to be at. And, and the other spouse would say, you do what you want to do. This is my church. I'm staying right here. And eventually that person would come back. You know, you have to stand your ground. Compromise is easy because it takes a lot of the pressure off. The three Hebrew children didn't let the pressure of a fiery furnace sway them one bit. They didn't, they didn't I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it passed through their head and they thought, okay. But they had a history of how God had delivered the children of Israel to look back on. They had history of all this. They knew how God had moved in the lives of his people. And they weren't swayed by any king's threats. And the result of that is when they came out of the fiery furnace without one singe mark on them, not even the smell of smoke on them, this is what happened. The king went out and declared this. Well, let's start in verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who had sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him. That's it. That's where compromise comes from. It's we fail to remember to trust God. Anyway, and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, this is the king speaking. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort. When you refuse to compromise and you follow the footsteps of these three guys right here, you can be sure that people will understand there is no other God who can deliver like you can, Lord. No other God. Hallelujah. Then you move over into the New Testament. Peter. Peter, that guy who was just always just out there. You know, in such a flash. You know, he was, he was uh, spontaneous, to say the least. Uh, and yet he had such reckless faith. He dared to believe God. Got out of a boat. Lord, if that's you, you bid me come. And out he went. I mean, he, he was not ashamed. I mean, we, we we know there was a time when he denied Christ. But, it, you know, the thing about it is, as soon as he did, he repented. And God, God used him. He was such a bold witness. Don't you want to follow in the footsteps of somebody who's bold and reckless with their faith? Who will just believe God if... God said it, then I'm going to believe it. I'm going to step out and I'm going to act on it. And Peter was one of those people who did. What a great footprint to follow in. What a great path to follow in. Then, of course, you've got Paul. Redemption realities came out of Paul. I'm telling you, we walk in redemption reality every single day. You know, we read the epistles, we read all this, and we find out who we are. Paul laid out such a clear-cut path for us to follow that there is no way you can get it wrong. I, you know, I just, I, just, I just love it. I mean, he spent, he spent years studying. He spent years with God before he started preaching it so that he knew that what he had was the real thing. He had the real goods, and he knew it would work in the life of every born-again believer. And when we put what he has laid out before us into practice, I'm telling you, we'll walk out life like we've never walked it out before. We'll see who we are in Christ, what we can do in Christ, what we have in Christ, and the enemy can't talk you out of it. That's That's a path I want to make sure you follow in. But then there's other people in the New Testament just a couple that we're going to talk about here for just a second. Dorcas. Dorcas, a woman who had a life of service to her fellow believers. She left a path for us to follow. We love one another. As, as members of one body, this local body, we love one another. And it should be our aim to be, like, be a Dorcas, to serve one another. To be found in, in places where people can say, they were such a blessing to me. You know, at times, I mean, I, 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 well, I'll get ahead of myself here a little bit, but I won't, I'll not I'll stop right there. And then there's Lois and Eunice, Timothy's mother and grandmother. The only time you hear about them is in that one verse. And yet, we know from what that one verse says, that they demonstrated and caused Timothy to walk a life of faith you know sometimes you think well i'm just a mom i'm just a grandmother you know but listen i'm telling you what that's the turning point in somebody's life many times is to demonstrate a life of faith and to do what it takes to instill faith in another generation what would we have lost had it been not been for lois and eunice and their effect on timothy Would he have ever been in a place where he could have been a spiritual son of Paul's and he could have been used so mightily in the things of God? Probably not. Listen, there are people in your life, there there are family members in your life that are depending on you to walk out a life of faith and demonstrate to them what it means to walk in faith every single day. In the things of God, you have to do that. You know, in our own in our own midst, we've had people over the years. You know that that you know, I mean, I can't name them all because they've all left such a wonderful legacy and a love, love wonderful path for us to follow. People like Robert Butler. I, I'm, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about how much I've missed him. How, there's Kenny. That Ruth Dunn. She she used to be. She was such a prayer warrior. She prayed for everybody in this church all the time. She left a path you could follow of what it means to be a woman of prayer. And there was Miss Betty Beckerink. She was our Dorcas. Always doing something. She never never once told me no when I would ask her to do something. She might take a deep breath and go, Well, okay, I'll figure it out. When there was something I, I wanted done, when was something I needed help with, she was always, she was our Dorcas. You know, those are people who leave such a legacy behind them. They leave paths that you can walk in every single day because they walked it out. Now let's go back to some scripture. Psalm, we already mentioned Psalm 23.3. It says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Psalm 119.105. That says, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs 4.18 says, the path of the just is as the shining light. Proverbs 4.26 says, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Take a look at where you're walking. Proverbs 2.20 says that you may walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of righteousness. Proverbs 3.6 says in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Then in Hebrews 12.13 it says make straight paths for your feet. Goodspeed says, keep your feet in straight paths. The Knox translation says, and plant your footprints in a straight track. The Phillips translation says, don't wander away from the path, but forge steadily onward. I like that. Don't wander away from the path, but forge steadily onward. Keep your feet in straight paths. You know, we... If we're not careful, the enemy's biggest tactic to us while we're walking this life out is distract you so that you'll turn over here or over here. Listen, this isn't a sightseeing tour. That's not what this life is all about. You're not supposed to go over here to see. oh, what does that look like? Oh, what is this like? No, you need to keep your eyes straight. Keep your eyes focused. Keep your paths going in the right direction. Laying out a path for somebody who's like, because somebody's always watching you. You may think, in fact, we've, we've told this over the years to everybody that's on the platform, don't get up there picking your nose. Don't get up there looking, wandering, you know, looking off into space, you know. Somebody is watching you. You need to keep your attention on what's going on. Whoever is speaking, whoever say, you keep your attention focused on them because somebody's watching you. If you're distracted, they'll be distracted. As we walk out this life and the path that God has for us, people are watching you. They're going to see how committed you are to the things of God, how steadfast you're going to stay on the path that God has laid out for you. Do, your, do you know, here, here's uh, when you leave a place or a situation, sometimes we need to take a look back behind us and see what kind of prints we've left. Take a look. When I went in the grocery store and I spoke to somebody in line, or when I spoke to somebody at the register, or when I got on the phone with the insurance people, or whatever, you know, uh, what, what kind of a path did I leave? Doesn't mean you have to lay down and roll over. It just means, yeah, but did I do what I Did I conduct business with grace? Did I conduct business in such a way that I did not embarrass my Lord? Did I did I conduct myself in, in a way that God would be pleased? He'd say, okay, that's good. Sometimes you have to put your foot down, you know, in this life. But how do we do it? What what kind of what kind of path have we left? You know, what kind of trail have you left? You know, my kids were were growing up, I mean you know, there are the times you could follow the path of stuff. You know, and I'm sure I'm not not the only parent you know, who's had a path of stuff. Well, as believers, we leave a path of stuff, but is it good stuff? Is it good stuff? Is it the right stuff? Is your, are your footprints leaving a very clear, consistent path enough that somebody can follow that a well well worn trail? Miss Josephine? Listen, several years ago, I don't even know when it was. It was what, maybe 2014, maybe. We went to Hawaii and met our older son, Steve, and his his family over on the big island, and uh, we had found out that there was one place in Hawaii that has a green sand beach, and so, of course, you know, the three men of my household are all they want to go explore everything. I'm not that adventurous, but I went along for the ride. We had Jeeps, thank God. But anyway, so, so this green sand beach we found out was located on the very southern end of Big Island. And so we went to go find that thing. And Because uh, we'd seen pink sand, we'd seen black sand, we'd, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we have seen red sand beach. But we didn't, nobody, this was the only green sand beach that anybody knew about. So we went. Now, here's the interesting thing. You get here and you can park here, but if you've got a Jeep which you're not supposed to drive off-road, which we did, uh, you you can drive through the green sand beach. Unfortunately, what had happened was over a period of time, there were trails that went everywhere. There was not just one path. You could say, this is the direct path to the green sand beach. You couldn't say that. Well, we just kind of go, okay, it's over there, so you just kind of keep doing this. And some of them, you just like, you're gonna, y'all are going to... This Jeep is going to fall over because it was so steep going down and trying to get back up. We finally got to the green sand beach, and it was green. Hallelujah, it was green. It was, I guess it was worth the drive. I don't know. But when we turned around to go back, we were faced with the issue of, it's getting dark, and we have all these trails, and we have no idea which trail we used to get here. And we had to make our way back. Had to be—I'm telling you—there was some praying going on in my jeep. I don't know about—I don't know about another jeep, but some praying was going on in my jeep. And uh, and so we had to—we had to work our way back. Going, okay, okay, this, okay, okay, do this all, this. all this. Along the way, there was a young couple who had left their their vehicle in the parking lot and had walked to the Green Sand Beach. It's about to be dark, and let me tell you, that end of Hawaii is when it's dark, it's dark. There is nothing out there. I mean, nothing for miles and miles and miles and miles. And we we saw them. And so we went over to where they were and picked them up and put them in our vehicles. They were so grateful. They were in tears. And I thought, honey, I don't understand because I'm almost <laughs> in tears now. And we're in the Jeep. You know, we picked them up and we got them back to the parking lot. Let me tell you. Along the path of life, you need to know what path to go down and what path to take back to someplace. because there are people along the way you're going to pick up. There are people who don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. They're in panic mode, and they need you to pick them up and take them on the path that God has laid out for you and let them enjoy the ride back with you. Hallelujah. I said earlier, you have a responsibility to others to walk in such a way that leads them to Jesus. Romans 2.4 says the goodness of God leads men to repentance. You and I have to, it's our responsibility. We are obligated to demonstrate the goodness of God in our lives. We need to demonstrate the faithfulness of God in our lives. We need to demonstrate that you can trust God every single day in our lives. We need to lay out a path that says goodness and mercy and faithfulness and love and care and protection. That's my Father God. So that somebody who's walking behind us can see the path that they need to take. We may not always have an opportunity to go back and show people the course correction we made when we've made a mistake. So the best thing is try your best not to make a mistake. It matters. It matters. Oh, well, it's just a little thing. How do you know it's just a little thing? Little things can be the determination of life or death many times. For me, back in January, I had a very subtle symptom in my body. And yet the Holy Ghost said, go get that checked. You know, little things ignored can become big issues. Little things can make the difference in somebody's life. A little bit of encouragement from you, a little bit of walking in love towards somebody can make a huge difference in somebody's. It might not be big, but I tell you what, it can make an impact that can make a lifelong change them and so tonight I ask you you know how is your walk what kind of footprints are you leaving you know I when we were building our house four years ago pastor had told me that they had poured the concrete apron right outside the garage and uh and don't step on it well I needed to get into the house and I thought I touched it well hey that looks like me like the concrete set I just, need, I just need to step one step there and then get into the garage. That's all I need to do. Well, I stepped in that one place, and my footprint is still there today. <laughs> you know, our footprints should be so dramatic, so impactful, that no matter what, it can still be seen today. You know, God's got, God's got a path for you to follow. And it's not just for you. Miss Josephine left a path that her children, her grandchildren, and all who knew her knew exactly what this woman was all about. They knew exactly where she stood. They knew that her heart was toward the things of God. They knew that's where she was going. That's where that's where her life was. And she has left a legacy for so many to follow. I want you to be able to say the same thing. Should you leave this earth before Jesus comes back, I want you to be able to look behind you and say, I've left a path that anyone who wants to follow it will find Jesus at the end. That's what they'll find it. I can look through this congregation right now. And I can see people who are leaving footprints everywhere they go. And I can call you by name. But I don't need to call you by name because God knows your name. God knows the impact that you're having. He knows, He knows. And I tell you what, at the end of your path, there's a great reward in heaven waiting for you. But for down here, we have got to be careful. We've got to be cautious. We've got to be ready to walk in such a way that it impacts anybody who needs it. That we remain in a place that that, that solidifies our relationship with God. That's always ready. Always ready. Would you stand? sebra satere deste bechista passa che che chamata de sus de betti sti de bsonitara devra basso so co chebre che si bechis abbandante de cheste ando nono ste che lebre s'chi we're talking serious business, folks. We're talking serious business. Too many people look at Christianity as a frivolous thing. Just, you know, it, it's not that big a deal. You know, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to get to heaven. It's not just all about you, it's not all about you
0: your next step is before you the very next thing you do the very next action you take and even decisions that you make they're right before you they seem like a small thing at the time It's just one little decision. It's just one little step. But that little step turns into more steps. And a path is set before you for you to walk in. And you can take the wrong path by taking wrong small steps. So be mindful. Be open. And let the Spirit deal with you. Let the Holy Spirit give direction even in the small decisions in life. And at the end, it'll be glorious. At the end, the path will be the path of the righteous. It'll be the path that always leads people to God. So follow the voice of the Lord and the the witness of the Spirit in your heart, and you'll take many people with you. You'll lead many people with you into the grace and glory of the Lord. So take courage because the path is out there. Choose it right. Amen. Amen.